Thanks for joining me for my first interview with the African United Methodist Interviews. It's with Reverend Dr. Jerry Kula. And if you haven't seen my setup to this series, uh, go ahead and look back on the previous video that I recorded, just doing the necessary disclaimers uh, and acknowledgments. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we all learn a lot as we consult the voices of people in Africa. If you've already done a lot of this research, then you might find some of it repetitive. I'd already read a good deal of articles. I still got a lot of new information uh, from this interview. So we ended up talking about the politics of the UMC and the dynamics at play whenever there's differentials in power and, and money. Um, rather than summarize it here, how about we just go right into it and you learn from him as I did. Enjoy. Hello. Hello, Dr. Kula, how are you? I am okay. Jeff, good to see you. How you doing? Thank you for making the time to speak with me. I, I, uh, I am not the head of anything important like the Africa Initiative, so you're very kind to help me understand. <laughs> I wanted to just start with the question of, um, a, a broad question. What do you think that, that Americans do not understand about Africa? When we're reading about the situation there and how people feel, <clears throat> do you feel like there are uh, uh, bad assumptions that we're bringing that need to be corrected? Well, I don't know whether that's the place to begin. Okay, you begin uh, where you want to begin, and I'll just pick up from you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. So, I don't know where your I don't know what your interest is. Is your interest in trying to understand uh the Central Conferences of Africa in the context of uh the Global United Methodist Church? vis-a-vis uh, -vis the uh, trending issue that has to do with homosexuality that is on the front page and may be serving as uh, a, I mean, a, 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 a situation that is creating some form of divide and where is the African church as a whole in the context of this in relation to the rest of the other uh, conferences or uh, jurisdictions or where well, where is the church versus the bishop or whatever? Because, <clears throat> uh, uh, so I, I mean, I want to know. Uh, what what is your interest? What do you want to know? Yeah, my my interest. I'm kind of bored with the gay question uh, because I I think we've talked a lot about that. My my primary interest is, um, there's this. You've you've heard it get leveled at. Americans that we are colonialists, we are or neo-colonialists, we are manipulating Africans to, <coughs> to do what we want, um, and I think the only way, I, I want to get away from that. I don't want to be a colonialist, I don't want to be seen that way, I don't want to be participating in that, and I know that nobody here wants to either. So I'm, I'm thinking that when we understand what is going on in Africa, who is, why it is that there's disagreement there, where there is broad agreement, I think that helps us to know when we are not helping. So, for instance, I gave to a fund through um, uh, Good News Magazine that sent money to get um, general conference delegates help getting vaccines and visas. They, they put that together, I don't know, a year ago, and I wanted to see full participation from my brothers and sisters in Africa. But when I sent that money, suddenly people on the left are saying that that's neo-colonialism because we are uh, trying to buy the votes of Africans. Um, so I, I just want to have a public conversation saying, okay, here's where, this is what Africans, most of them believe, here's what concerns they carry, here's, you know, when we see disagreement, from the bishops towards Africa initiative, is that because the bishops all are liberal or is that because the bishops want regional autonomy and they want the Christmas covenant to pass and actually Africans are entirely conservative but they just don't want to, um, some want to split from the UMC and some want to use the UMC for their own. So it's a complicated thing and I just want to, to help people over here figure out how okay. <clears throat> to see you for who you are rather than who we want right. you to be. Right. Well, thank you very much. Um, the, 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 the UMC in Africa 
has three central conferences. The Congo Central Conference, the Africa Central Conference, and the West Africa Central Conference. And these three conferences ha have 13 episcopal areas and several annual conferences, uh, 13 episcopal areas with several annual and provisional annual conferences. Yes. Right. And these three central conferences are primarily conservative, traditional, uh, evangelical. By that I mean the Bible remains the primary authority governing the life of the church. It does not mean that the church does not have challenges and does not have issues that she's dealing with, mm -hmm. economic issue, traditional issue, ethnicity issue, or tribalistic issues, right. they are there. But primarily, the general consensus is that the Bible remains our primary authority for Christian living. Yes. All right? So that's, that's, that's a general acceptable norm for the three central conferences. Yes. All the bishops align with this understanding until recently. Okay. All of the pastors, if you had to come on the continent and talk a microphone mm -hmm. and interview pastors, 99.9% will tell you we are conservative, we are traditional, we are evangelical in different expressions, right. meaning that this is who we are right. and this is how we live our Christian life. Right. All right. And the African tradition and culture are so similar to an understanding of the Christian faith from the perspective of Jesus being the mediator between humanity and God. Right. Jesus re replaces all the traditional intermediaries that led us to the supreme being. Yes. So it's easy for folks to embrace the Christian faith, but our challenge has been discipleship that we are trying to work out. Just yes. to give you a background where we yes. are in, uh, in our Christian understanding. Yes. All right. Okay. And then when it comes to the United Methodist Church, unfortunately, we have so many languages in Africa mm -hmm. that impedes some people's ability to understand the United Methodist Church. Yes. For example, if you are to go to Burundi, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia, South Sudan, these are new fields that have the exposure to United Methodism mm -hmm. and to Methodism as a whole. These places don't have any solid uh, seminary, United Methodist Seminary, right. where, yeah, where uh, United Methodism is taught. So uh, you don't have well-grounded pastors who are familiar with Wesleyan way of life. So there are limitations in terms of understanding Methodism. Mm -hmm. So that's one of our challenges that we are dealing with. All right. Then when it comes to the other conferences, like say the Congo region, they have Kiswahili, they have French, and they have other languages. Mm -hmm. And then also understanding the United Methodist Church, when you don't have the Book of Discipline translated mm -hmm. into these languages, it becomes a challenge for oh, them. Sure. Yeah. But in spite of that, the yeah. church is growing in numbers. Yes. The church is growing in number, yes. but the church is not growing in depth mm. in comparison to growing in numbers. Okay. So that's our challenge that we are dealing with, trying to provide understanding. Okay. Now, now coming to the general conference. Mm -hmm. We have had delegates coming to general conference, but most of the delegates did not understand the structure and function of general conference. Mm -hmm. They did not understand that you have one week where you have legislative meetings, mm -hmm. then you have the second week where you go to the floor to discuss issues coming from legislative committees. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Africa, in terms of leadership, we have many of our bishops 
who in the process of trying to understand themselves methodism mm -hmm. have not been very upfront in helping their conferences to understand methodism and there is an element of leadership in africa mm -hmm. that is that is referred to as the chief can say approach to leadership and it's a cultural thing okay the chief the chief then say approach to leadership makes me the father in the home mm -hmm. and i'm never wrong right. i make all the decisions mm -hmm. And even if I wrong my son or I wrong my daughter, I mean I may acknowledge the wrong, but I may not easily say sorry. Okay. It is the child who will accept me or probably say sorry to me. Mm -hmm. So that mindset is translated to the church. Okay. Where sometimes leaders, including bishops, including pastors, including other people like lay leader, board chairperson, other people like that who will or bring about the chieftaincy mentality into leadership mm -hmm. to the extent that they will not reveal information to their subjects. Like, for example, many of the folks coming to General Conference did not know anything about faith and other uh, committee, evangelism committee, this committee, that committee that meets uh, for the first week. Mm -hmm. They were ignorant, and some of them are still very ignorant, sure. right? Uh, yeah. but, but the dynamic has changed to a large extent. I'm going to come to that. Yeah. And why is that the case? Yeah. Because it is only the bishop who comes to a different meeting, council of bishops meeting. Mm -hmm. And when the bishop leaves council of bishops meetings and go back to Africa, he does not call his conference and tell them where the church is, where the church is headed to. Why? All right? So members don't know much about the United Methodist When you have few persons privileged to serve on standing committees, mm -hmm. they themselves, when they return from the standing committees, they don't go to the annual conference to report what happened at the standing committee. Mm -hmm. So you have all the gaps in the people's knowledge and understanding. Yeah. Back to the general conference. Up to 2008, when most of the, the folks went to general conference mm -hmm. because they did not know the implications of going to general conference, because they did not know the legislative role mm -hmm. that they had to play in the interest of the conference that they are representing, mm -hmm. after two, three days, some of the delegates will leave general conference. They left. They're going to visit relatives. Uh, some of the delegates. Yeah. Who goes to general conference? Yeah, some yeah. of them left. They after will a leave couple the days. general conference hall. Really? A couple of days, yes. They're going to visit relatives that are up to 2008. Okay. Because they did not know what they were there for. Mm. They, they did not have full education. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, and you see that tables will be empty. So, 2008, I had an opportunity of going to general conference for the first time mm -hmm. in Fort Worth, Texas. Not as a delegate, but as an observer, uh -huh. because I have started reading a lot about Methodism and trying to understand uh, my faith in the context of Wesleyanism. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and I have also started uh, going to the United States for studies. So I went to General Conference, and that 2008, the same experience. Uh, Coast Coast Barrier will be open. And many folks will go there to buy gowns, to buy this, to buy that, while sessions are going on. Mm. And after a few days, some people will leave the hall and they've gone to visit relatives. Mm. It, it was at that 2008 conference that some of us began to see elements of uh, liberalism and progressive mentality and mindset being infused into general conference mm -hmm. to the extent that a 32 proposed amendment was proffered. So because I was at general conference, I became so disturbed. Right. I, 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 be, I became, I had a kind of a holy discontent. Okay. Because the kind of, the kind of Christianity I knew in Africa, that's not the kind of Christianity I saw at general conference. Right. Before general conference, I saw a group of students from Drew University 
or Drew Seminary, whatever it is, mm -hmm. performing same-sex marriage before the hall mm. to demonstrate the, uh, the need to legalize this practice into Methodism. Yes. So yeah. when I returned to Liberia, I came with a heavy heart. Yeah. In fact, at that, at, at, at that conference, I became really sick. I was admitted to the St. Joseph Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, because I could not imagine seeing Christians, with all due respect to them, mm -hmm. marching in a hall with a placard in their hands and say, I'm a gay, mm -hmm. I'm a lesbian, mm -hmm. I'm a homosexual, and Jesus loves me like this. I mean, I was shocked. I mean, it was a spiritual, cultural shock for me. I was that sick. that was really the first time you ever saw anything like that? My first time ever seeing anything like this. Okay. Because it has not been talked about or discussed in Africa. Really? At okay. any level. Yeah. Yeah, so I got really shocked. I got sick. My pressure went very hard. Mm, yeah. I had to be admitted at the hospital. Really? That was, yes, I got really sick. And I was admitted my pressure went very high. Yeah. And I was taken to the St. Joseph Hospital. Yeah. So when I returned from that experience, I went to a time of prayer mm -hmm. and began to pray to God. Say, is this the denomination I belong to? Mm -hmm. Why is it that Christianity or the understanding of Christianity is different here and it seems to be different over there? Right. Even though it is not everybody who is into it, but I saw things being done with impunity. Right. So I became very troubled. But then I prayed. Then after praying, I took on the initiative mm -hmm. to analyze the 32 proposed amendment. Right. And make a presentation to my annual conference. I did a research from the Book of Discipline and did an analysis of the 32 proposed amendment. And I presented to my conference. And then I had the opportunity to present it to some of the other annual conferences in Africa. And that helped the process of uh that helped the process of us all understanding the issue mm -hmm. and voting, voting against the 32 proposed amendment because it needed a two-term majority to pass. Right. And if you go back to the records. All Africa, all of Africa voted almost 100% against the 32 proposed amendment because now we're providing information, awareness that this is not good for the church. Right. This is against the book of discipline mm -hmm. and this is against our biblical understanding, our cultural understanding, our political understanding because almost all the countries in Africa except for South Africa, mm -hmm. you know, will not endorse that kind of a practice and then it was a way of subtly influencing the book of discipline. So we all voted against right, it. Right. Yeah. But that was not enough. Right. Yes, that was not enough. I went to my I went to my bishop. I said, is it possible for us to invite for us to invite other annual conferences across Africa uh to Liberia so that we can discuss the church mm -hmm. and try to understand what the church is because First, go to general conference and they leave the hall where all the major issues being discussed, they are not there to vote. Mm -hmm. You know, it's against us. Yeah. And then they are not understanding what's going on. So, based upon that, to uh, 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 moving forward, 2012, I did some proposals and sent it around to many places uh, with the endorsement of my bishop. And he wrote to the other bishops. And then, so the heads of delegation. Lay and clergy were invited to Liberia. Mm -hmm. And then we had a major meeting trying to understand the Methodist Church and trying to frown on delegates going to General Conference and leaving General Conference in view of the issues that were being discussed. Yes. It was at that meeting that we organized the Africa Initiative. And then I was asked to serve as the general coordinator. Okay. And we had a mandate. What is our mandate? Mm -hmm. Prepare delegates going to general conference Good. from across Africa yeah. so that they understand the legislative issues before they get there. Mm -hmm. And the other issues that are coming that will be formed in the, uh, the, the books that are sent prior to going to general conference, 
the different issues assigned to the different legislative committee, help them understand it mm -hmm. so that they are able to make some informed decision and active engage. We did that. Mm -hmm. Well, we went to a general conference in Tampa, Florida, the dynamic change. The delegates remained at their decks. They understood the issues. For the first time, African delegates became secretary to a legislative committee, vice secretary, and chairperson of legislative committees. Mm. For the first time, we elected two Africans on the Judicial Council. Oh, yeah. We have not had, yes. Yeah. Okay. So those were the activities of the Africa Initiative. Mm -hmm. And that was in and 2012, so, right, in Tampa? That's that 2012. 2012 yeah. at Tampa, Florida. Yeah. But the first time we elected Africans on the Judicial Council. Yeah. We elected Africans to the University Senate. Mm -hmm. I know them today. I have their records and all of that. For the first time, mm -hmm. we understood the issue and Africans who articulate the issue. Right. We were able now to discuss. Mm -hmm. At that meeting, one of the bishops got so angry and insulted the African delegates and said that we were stooges of others. We were being, we were being manipulated by others by, by reason of our vote. They did not know that we have been studying, we have been researching, we have been training and equipping our delegates mm -hmm. going to general conference. Right. So, but they were shocked and surprised right. as, the, as the, uh, the, the, the shift in our approach, in our understanding, and in our engagement. And that was an, that was an American bishop who was angry. An American bishop. Was that Carcanio? I know the Bishop Carcanio. Yeah, yeah, I remember Bishop some Carcanio. of her language about Africans. Uh, she, right. she was she, uh, uh, yeah, not Carcanio. great. She made, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she made a statement. Yeah. And another delegate from uh, New York stood up and said, well, how much is the Africans contributing to General Conference? And they, yeah, the uh, money the, question, the, yeah. The, the, the GCFSA guy said, where American uh, jurisdictions contribute 99%, and all the central conferences contribute 1%. Yeah. And she insulted. Yeah. Again, she said, well, let them put their muffs to where their money is. Yeah. And this, this person did not understand mission. Yeah. I just I just smiled mm. because mission is holistic. Right. Money alone cannot uh, grow the church. Yeah. You have, yeah, sharing the gospel, winning souls, so you may have the money. I may have the ability to evangelize and win more souls. We are doing other teamwork for the kingdom. Right. But she didn't understand it. So, but it taught me some lessons. Uh -huh. So we came back and continued the mobilization and cre creating awareness. So Africa Initiative committed to training our pastors and church leaders in mission, in discipleship, uh, in leadership, uh -huh. and also helping them to understand general conference issues. So that when they go to general conference, they will have a part to play. Right. And more than that, our ultimate goal was now to raise the voice of the African church right. in global Methodism. Because up to this time, there were so many disparities when it comes to uh, committees. How many persons on a committee from Africa versus mm -hmm. how many persons from a committee from America? Right. You know. Yeah, so you have all the disappropriate, uh, 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 disappropriate, you know, yeah. apportionment yeah, all over the place. Yes. So we began to teach about it. We began to create a witness. Okay, then the bishops invited us, and we explained to the bishop what Africa Initiative was doing. They all endorsed it. Okay. So 2015, the African bishop wrote a, a press release to the global church mm -hmm. to say for us in Africa, we are conservative, we are traditional. We don't endorse same-sex marriage and many other things they said. Those documents are available today. Yes. So we have been a team. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of the bishops, seeing the contribution that Africa Initiative was making to strengthening Methodism in Africa, mm -hmm. assigned uh, a representative from each of the Episcopal areas to serve on the Africa Initiative. Mm -hmm. And we have those people serving Today, mm -hmm. so we have been a team along with our bishop, and everything has been going well. But then we became very shocked and surprised at 2016 uh -huh. general conference in Oregon. Okay, when some of the some of the bishops and delegates from uh, America, the economically influential, economically influential and politically influential bishop, bishops and leaders mm -hmm. began to raise our bra 
an Africa initiative. Okay. And they began to see Africa initiative as a, I mean, uh, as a very strong force mm -hmm. to uh, uniting the conferences in Africa, mm -hmm. in strengthening the conferences in Africa to their disadvantage, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Something we thought they would celebrate, they began to uh, be behave very negatively about it. So then, they started strategizing on what to do. All of that influenced the decision to have a general conference 2019 and have, uh, you know, the bishop put together a committee that will, and most of us who are in Africa who have been raising the voice, they were not invited to that. But they selected who they wanted to select from Africa to be a part of the committee. They almost left out the traditional plan. Right, it yeah, was at, I remember that, it yeah. Was at a, it, yeah. It was at the 11th hour yeah, that, that was... the traditional plan was included because they already had their mind made up right. that what the, what the American bishops want, what the council of bishops want, what the politically influential and economically influential people yeah, primarily in America and in Europe mm. wanted that what must prevail. Yeah, the one church plan, yeah. The one church plan. Yeah. But we were against the one church plan right. because it promoted the legalization of same-sex marriage, the practice of same-sex marriage, and the ordination of LBGTQ people. Mm -hmm. uh, while we love and respect them, we felt that all of those practices were incompatible with Christian living, were yes. inconsistent with the teaching of scriptures, and so we did not want to have anything to do with it. Then we began to sense other influences upon Africa. Mm -hmm. Through uh, Episcopal offices, Right. And then some of the bishops began to create a situation that would make a bishop in, or some bishop in Africa to see the Africa Initiative as taking too much power onto itself. And we were not taking any power. We were simply providing education. We were mm -hmm. simply providing training right. to help delegates understand the global church in the context of our conservative, traditionalist, and evangelical beliefs and practices. Right. So the warfare started with bishops and influential people in America, conferences and churches that were supporting mission work in Africa mm -hmm. began to determine that their money will only go to places that align with their progressive beliefs. Let me just say back to you what I just heard. That, that once it was established that there were strong evangelical voices in Africa, those voices were disapproved of by the people who decide where money goes. And so the Excellent. people who decided where money goes would only send to African voices that did not stand against them. Is that what you just said? Like, uh, we'll send money to African voices. Now we'll not stand against them, but we'll kind of be silent. Yeah, that would just not talk about it. Now talk about it. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, as an example, I have been the dean of a seminary here in Liberia, mm -hmm. and there was a church uh, that is progressive and liberal mm -hmm. supporting us, but the church refused to support us because mm -hmm. of my stance, right, and the stance of some other people who were being vocal and speaking to the issue. So it's it, one thing it, if it's just an, <clears throat> one American church that says we don't want to support you anymore. But are you saying that the the denomination and its spending on mission, the GB, uh, what is it, the GBGM, GBGM, that they they chose not to give to churches and bodies in Africa that are evangelical? No, not the GBGM as okay. an organization. Okay. 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 What is what is happening here in Africa? You have several annual conferences in America yes, yes. that are in partnership with conferences in Africa. Okay, so not and GBGM, but individual no, conferences. Right, individual okay. conferences, yeah. Okay. And individual churches and conferences. Okay, I understand. Yeah, uh, who are in partnership with conferences mm. in Africa and supporting major projects. Yes. And maybe seminary or maybe supporting pastor initiative or hospital Right. or some education funds and all those kind of things. Uh -huh. All right. In, in fact, um, one of the guys 
who I had a lot of exchanges with, told one of my communication and sent it all over the world mm -hmm. and said, I see this guy or our money is going to support the seminary in Liberia and Africa and mm -hmm. our money is supporting their churches. And he's saying this kind of thing to us that if we don't want to be a part of the church, we should leave. Right. All right. Yeah. And, and so, and then another church conference on Europe wrote to my bishop, say, is the position of Jerry Fuller the position of the annual conference? Mm -hmm. I need to know that to determine whether I will continue in partnership with you. I understand. In my opinion, this is real neocolonialism. Okay, so let me let me say back to you what I, I'm hearing, which is that that um, Western money was happy to support all Africans in the cause of Jesus Christ until uh, Americans and Europeans came to understand that Africans were not on board with changing our sexual ethics. And at that point, they they started participating in neocolonialism where they were funding only those who would be silent and allow them right. to continue. So their, 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 their strategy has been to stop funding evangelical Africans and to only fund centrist or institutionalist or left-leaning Africans. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. All right. And so, so the 2019 plan was made. And then some of them work along with some bishops here in mm. Africa so that those bishops will not allow their delegates to associate with the Africa Initiative. Okay. That's the extent of which they went. Because those bishops were very close friends to them. Mm -hmm. They are supporting a lot of major projects. And so they kind of persuaded those bishops to not allow their delegates to associate with Africa Initiative in the hope that when we go to general conference, those delegates will vote for the one church plan. Mm -hmm. All right? And those bishops, because of now, this is where the money issue comes in. Because of the personal aggrandizement of some of those bishops there in Africa and the personal gains that they were making through their partnership relationship with their fellow bishops in America mm -hmm. who were supporting major most of their projects, they began to withdraw indirectly from Africa Initiative. When you say and aggrandizement, do you mean money or power or both? Uh, both. Okay. But primarily money. Okay. Prim primarily money. Okay. Because bishops do not have vote at general conference. Right. We are the we are the vote of the legislatures. We are the legislatures and we vote. Mm -hmm. But they will use their power to say, hey, I don't want any of you delegates to go and join the Africa Initiative. Right. Because we will we will we will communicate, we'll do a lot of training online, we'll go to some of the conferences, we'll do do training. Yeah. Then we'll go a few days ahead of general conference. Well, so let me um because I need to ask you about the role of good news and other evangelical caucuses helping to educate um, delegates as well. I, I think we have to talk about that. Otherwise, it, it right, sounds suspicious. Right, right, right. No, definitely. The history you gave leads pretty much to the present moment where there is still uh, tension between the Africa Initiative and the African bishops that has, uh, according to you, in largely been caused, in large part, been caused by American money and influence. Um, it, it, it is your mind that the Africa Initiative would still be united in partnership with the bishops if Americans had not gotten involved, right? If yeah, if if money did not become a factor okay. in determining relationship. Okay. Uh uh Mike Holland. Mike Holland, you can quote me on this and you can go on his website, you see it. Mm -hmm. Mike Holland said after the 2019 vote. Yeah. After they have spent millions of dollars on video recording to teach on the one church plan over the place, we were praying here in Africa. Uh -huh. Our deaconesses went into the churches, they locked the church behind them, and they spent their time prostrating before God uh -huh. and praying that the, the, the vote at 2019 General Conference will not lead to a global acceptance of the one church plan. Yeah. So in their frustration, after they were defeated in their frustration, mm -hmm. Mike Holland said, let them go with their vote. We will go with our money. 
Right. Mike Holland said that. Yeah. And and so that just to let you know. Say say that name that again. Mike Holland. Mike Holland. Yeah, from the uh the Virginia Conference. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, Holland. Uh, one Holland. H O L L A N D. Mark Holland. Excellent. Yeah, I Mark remember that. Holland. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was he. So so after the 2019 General Conference, I said to him, Mark. Uh, the Book of Discipline is our guide. Right. Okay, and we all agree that we'll come to the General Conference and decide. What does the global church want? Right. Should we change the languages in the book of discipline or should we remain traditional as the book of discipline right. is? Yeah. We voted. Yeah. All right. And uh, the vote suggested that the, the vote proclaimed the whole world. Yeah. That we should, we should remain traditional. Yeah. But you and others and some of the bishops are saying you are going to run your annual conferences as if the one church plan won. Yeah. So when you do that, then you are infringing upon my rights. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you yeah. are you are infringing upon my rights. They are and being then you are say, faithless yeah, you are and say, covenant. If you say I should go with my vote and you will go with your money, right? You are suggesting that money should determine the direction of the church, right? So you know what happened, Mark? If you are not satisfied with the decision of the general conference, which is the highest decision-making body, you can go. And establish your own church right. and do whatever you want to do. That would be fine. Yeah. But you cannot impose upon me right. and the church in Africa that we should bow to accepting uh, the legalization right. of homosexuality. Right. He got very angry and he sent it to all the places. Yeah. And that contributed to some conferences also withholding their support from Africa. Right. Yeah. Now, some of the African com uh, conferences are very, very poor. Right. Not because Africa does not have resources. It's because our resources have not been properly utilized, you know, maximized uh, with re relevant strategy to benefit us. Everybody knows that Africa is very rich. Everybody knows that Congo, the nation Congo, is one of the richest in Africa, mm -hmm. but one of the very poorest because of poor management. Are you of talking research. about government management or are you talking about? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. At this point, I'm talking about the DRC. I understand. Uh, that is very, very, very rich. I thought yes. you were saying that the, the, the Methodist leadership there was not being good with its money, but you're not saying that. You're saying that the government is not uh, being good. I'm, I'm not even exempting us. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, even, yeah, even the church. Okay. Even the church who have done better than what we are doing. Okay. Why is it that we are still depending upon plate offerings right. to support pastors? Mm -hmm. Why is that we don't have foundations? We don't have endowments. Uh -huh. Why is it that we're not into major business venture to support the church in Africa? Mm -hmm. These are not things that the church in Africa cannot do and, and raise money. But Africa University the, has an endowment, but that's the only one I know about. Okay. But yeah, Africa, uh, Africa University has an endowment, yes, because of the kind of a support it has, and then the level at which it has gone. Yes, it has an Something I've wondered really, about, at, at African University, do they teach evangelical doctrine, or do they only teach uh, institutionalist liberal doctrine? Or do they teach both? Do you know? If you want my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. I am not I, I'm not African University. I've gone there to study. But first of all, I will let you know that African University started uh -huh. as a seminary. Right. Just like Harvard and several other places started. Mm -hmm. And it used to be called the United Methodist, uh, uh, United Methodist Africa University. Was it, uh, yeah. But then when you go there today, you will see Africa University, a United Methodist related institution. Mm -hmm. So the emphasis on the church is being diminished gradually yeah. and uh, with more emphasis on the other side. Yeah. For example, Africa, Africa University had a robust seminary, mm -hmm. okay, robust evangelical seminary. Mm -hmm. But go there today and ask for the college of, uh, ask for the seminary. You will see an institution, theological institution, that is a department within humanities. Hmm. You go to do your research. You will so see that they have diminished. The they have diminished. Uh, they they have uh, they have emphasized other disciplines outside of theology, and they're not focusing on uh, theology as much as they did. No. Okay. So, to the extent that even churches in Zimbabwe yeah. will not send 
their students for seminary education to Africa University. I think that's so, important for Americans to know. So it is now it is now an institution yeah. within a uh, uh, is a department within the, the the College of Humanities. I understand. And you know the College of Humanities will have different values, different right. ethics, right. all of that. Uh, seminary students will have different ethical values, but if you mix them together, you are no longer a college; you are an institution. That tells you to what extent the uh, seminary education is being raised at the Africa University. Well, and so the school you work at, I can't pronounce it. Bangna. How do you pronounce your institution? It's Banga. Banga. Ba okay. Uh, uh, actually, actually, I was at Banga School of Theology. Uh -huh. That's our undergrad seminary. Okay. Okay. But currently, currently, I am the dean for the graduate school. Okay. Uh, so we, we started a graduate school of theology. Okay. So the guy who was uh, assistant to me is now the dean of the Banga School of Theology. Okay. Where we are training people at the undergrad level. And that's in now Liberia. Now I am at the, that's in Liberia. Yeah. So okay. I am at now at the United Methodist University. Okay. At the United Methodist University, we have the group. So, so your university is also funded by the United Methodist Church? It, it, it belongs to the United Methodist Church. Okay, okay. My annual conference, it is, my, it is a tertiary institution of my annual conference, okay. the United Methodist Church. Okay, okay. Um, so yes. the other thing that I, I said we need to talk about, and I forgot to bring it back up, was uh, Africa Initiative Good News yeah. has been supported by, by Good News and other evangelical caucuses for some time. The things I know about are... Mm uh picking up delegates from the airport when you come over for general conference giving delegates coats whenever it's in a cold environment giving delegates uh cell phones when they don't have one so they can participate uh uh trying to get uh visas and uh vaccines for delegates so that they can attend there have been a number of ways that evangelical caucuses have used money uh they would say to benefit delegates so that they can participate however they want to. But a lot of left-leaning people in America have said this is an overt uh, attempt to buy votes. And so um, when you're saying that money is powerful in making uh, right. how, how bishops uh, right. act and how leadership acts, is it reasonable to say that money also would determine how the delegates vote and how delegates act? Okay, I will consider that an insult. Okay. To my person. Right. Oh, uh, I, I, I am, I, I am a Christian. Right. And nobody in America made me Christian. Okay, I'm a born again child of God, mm -hmm. and nobody in America made me a child of God. Right. I have my loyalty to Jesus Christ. That's right. And to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, our relationship with the renewal and re the reform and renewal movement mm -hmm. is primarily based on our commonality mm -hmm. in our understanding of scripture and our desire to live for God consistent with evangelical teachings, mm -hmm. okay, traditional teachings of the Bible. Right. That is, that is what is primary. Mm -hmm. So uh, how did we get related? Is on that basis, okay? So you go to general conference and you see folks who will speak the language you speak, who will uh, who will speak on the floor as you speak. You realize that hey, even though you have all the challenges here, but this person seems different. Mm -hmm. That person seems different. Mm -hmm. You begin to build relationship. Mm -hmm. In that process, you know that oh yeah, I belong to the good news. Right. Ah, what is the good news? I belong to the confessing movement. Oh, what is the confessing movement? I belong to IRD, Institute on Religion and Democracy. Right. Ah, what is it all about? Then when you get to know about what they are doing, and you see that it aligns with your biblical understanding, beliefs, and practices, you want to build relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's the primary basis. Yeah. However, in the process of the relationship, you share gifts and graces. Mm -hmm. You share your skills, your gifts, your abilities, and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So realizing that there is a strong liberal and progressive influence upon the church in America, the Africa Initiative will automatically 
want to relate to the evangelical arm mm -hmm. of the church in America mm -hmm. that is represented by Good News, Confessing Movement, uh, and other advocacy groups, including IRG and all of that. Right. So that is our relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, because we do not come from that culture, when you are having annual conference in May, it's very cold for us. Sometimes the room is very cold. So if churches, because I don't see that as good news, I see that as churches coming together and bringing coats and other things, sweater and gloves mm -hmm. for Africans to wear. So it's not only delegates for Africans to wear, mm -hmm. to, uh, so that they feel comfortable. Anybody can do that. Right. So I don't see that as a basis. What? Buy my vote for what? To deny Christ? Right. No. So how has their relationship to us influenced our vote? We have been who we are. Yeah. And we still want to be who we are. So if they went wrong, for example, the good news, the confessing movement, they are associated with WCA. Mm -hmm. We are associated with WCA. Yeah. They decided that because of the refusal of the uh of the uh, general conference committee to allow general conference to go on, some of them were leaving the church. We said, no, don't leave. Let's stay yeah. so that our votes will be strong right. to vote uh, to approve the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the protocol. Mm -hmm. we, we disagree. They said, well, we want to leave. We can't wait one more minute because these guys are not serious. There's all game play. Yeah. I knew also it was a gameplay. Yeah. But knowing the strength of the church in Africa combined with the evangelicals in America, we can win the vote any day. So I said, no, let's stay. Mm -hmm. Does that no believe? You say, okay, God bless you, but we will stay. Right. We will stay and we will go to 2024 and we will vote the protocol for the protocol to pass. Yeah. Uh, just in case the protocol does not pass, then we'll make a decision. Right. So if we were if they were buying our vote, why wouldn't they, why would we agree with them and say okay let all of us start GMC and all of them? No, no, no. So that's not the basis of the relationship. Now the issue about the vaccine. Hey, wait. Let me let me just to... say back to you what I think because I I do have a hard time tracking a little bit. Um, I think what you just said yeah, is that maybe I'm very fast. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you're you're doing great. The, I think what you just said is that the WCA evangelical leaders in America were really putting a lot of pressure on on uh, Africans to go ahead and leave the denomination and that you guys said, no, we need to stay. We need to see this thing through. We need to pass the protocol. And so what that proves is that you have not been bought off or compromised by the evangelicals here. Africans still have their own voice, their own way of seeing things. And while you love the evangelicals and you share theology with them, you are not their puppet. D did I just hear that right? Well, they did not put pressure on us. They did. Oh, they didn't even put pressure on you? Well, I am a member of the WCA. Right. So at the level of the WCA, yeah. the, the, this issue was discussed. Oh, okay. About, about the churches in America leaving. Yes. Uh, the evangelical church in America leaving. Yes. So I'm I'm gonna say uh saying to you. Yes. That if they were putting pressure on us, mm -hmm. and if they were by compelling us to uh buying our vote. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we were, uh buying our vote. Yeah. We will be following them to where they are going. Okay. No. Right. But okay. we well, uh, because we make our own decision, we are very independent. We said yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, we even told them don't go. And so, well, we have to go because that the situation we are faced with here, right? Uh, situation is very bad. You know, there is lots of issue with bishops who are punishing people and doing this. Yeah. Now it's time to leave. Yeah. So say, well, God bless you, and okay. they left. Yeah. Now, so I'm, I'm saying See, that. See, I didn't know that yet, and I know a lot of people here. For some reason, they haven't reported that conversation happening. I before this moment, I was not aware that the Africa Initiative WCA leadership there is is urging people to stay and and faithfully participate in general conference 2024 before making any decision to leave so that's that's new information to me and i think that's important yeah but i don't know whether um i don't know whether uh i don't want a situation where uh maybe wca uh I don't know how to put it, but basically what I'm trying to say 
uh, as a member of the WCA Council, mm-hmm. uh, I was one of those who thought it necessary. I like to put it in such a way that it doesn't it doesn't make WCA look bad. I understand. I, I don't want WCA to look bad right. because it's not all of Africa that said that. I am a member of the WCA Council. Right. So as a member of the WCA Council, I thought it would be good for us to wait to 2024. I think that's interesting. So, I think that's that's good for people to know because when you read right. the African Bishop statement, it, they they say that the African Initiative and the WCA are trying to divide. The African Church, but what you're telling me is you're not trying to 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 divide no. at all. You're not trying to get people to leave it. You're trying to get people to stay and faithfully participate until it becomes clear that that just isn't possible anymore. Of course, and that is what even the paper that you uh the paper that I wrote, the press release I wrote, the press release that we wrote in May after our gathering, right. yeah, all of the uh, in uh, May in Nairobi, mm-hmm. plus the current uh, uh press release that we wrote. Mm-hmm. It's being emphasized that we say the Africans will remain. However, we will not be a part of any church that legalizes homosexuality, yes. that changes the languages of the discipline, and that ordain LBGTQIA plus people. Right. Yeah. So that that was yeah. Sorry, smart greeting me. Yeah. No, so that fine. was yeah, yeah, that was our position. And that remains our position, but... Well, and I think that's the position of the Africa Voices of Unity as well. I don't think that they want to stay if the position changes. Well, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know about that. Okay. Okay? Well, I, I will why... talk to Ande. I'll find that because yes. he made clear uh, his yeah. theology with respect to sexual ethics. You, you two would agree on that stuff. The, but he says, whenever I talked with him on, on typing... He, he says it would be wrong to leave before they change the sexual ethics. But if they change the sexual ethics, then it would be justified to, to have that conversation. That's what I've heard a number of people from Africa say is it's not uh, right to leave. that's the position of the Africa Initiative. Okay. We have, not changed, we have not changed our position. That's good to know. Yeah, we have, we have not changed our position. So I don't know the difference between Africa Initiative and voices of Africa, unity, and what what have you? Because Andy, all of us were together before, right? All right. But sometimes when we make statements, mm-hmm. they try to write, they make some comment. But I chose not to do that because they are my African brothers, right? And I don't want anybody to create a sentiment that will create a sense of divide and rule. Yeah, yeah. And divide I, and, and, conquer, and, I, yeah. and I personally believe. That the whole concept of divide and conquer, that is what is being portrayed now. Okay. By some progressive, yeah. politically progressive and economically influential bishops and leaders from the West. Yeah. To persuade African bishops here mm-hmm. against their own subject. Yeah. So the question here is, what has what has the Africa Initiative done wrong? Mm-hmm. What is it that we have done wrong? to suggest that we are trying to destroy the church in Africa. Mm-hmm. We are simply saying, remain true to the scripture, yeah. remain true to the book of discipline. But the West is saying, we have to legalize this. Yeah. We are saying, if you want to practice homosexuality, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You want to practice uh, LBGTQ practices and same-sex marriage, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But don't allow us to legalize it. Because when we legalize it, then you are infringing upon my rights. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, decades ago, people have been practicing homosexuality. Mm-hmm. People have been practicing lesbianism and all those kind of things. But do you need to legalize it? Do you need to legalize it? No. It is not part of our book of discipline. So don't legalize it. But if you want to do it, it's between you and God. Mm-hmm. So the major cross of the matter is that the church in the West Okay, especially the American bishops, the council of bishops, mm-hmm. and other influential people want to see this thing legalized. Right. Well, when you say legalized, do you mean in the state or in the church? In the global church. Okay, that's what I thought, that, and then that, I, I just thought yeah, that, that would is, confuse that is, the Western audience. Because yeah. even— yeah, that, 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 Go it, to general conference yeah. and pass it yeah. and let it be legally binding. Yes. We don't, yeah. we don't need to do that. Right. We don't need to do that because people have been doing it already in the past. <laughs> so why? Yes. 
So why do you why would you want to legalize something that is against scripture uh-huh. that is against our current book of discipline? Right. So yeah. th- there's the crux of the matter. Yeah. 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 Well, I I could talk to you forever. I, I've really enjoyed this, and I would like to do it again sometime. So I'll talk to you. I'll follow mm-hmm. up with you. But this has been really uh, helpful for me to understand. Well, the way we set this up was uh, just understanding the different groups in Africa and and how much disagreement there really is. And it sounds uh, your picture was we are one. Yeah, that you started off together, and that Western well, forces well, got well, in the well, mix well, and yeah, just yeah. started causing division. We are still one to a lot of respect. That's the reason why when I wrote, I said we respect our bishop. Yes. Because I don't, I don't hit any of them, but I'm just disappointed. Right. That they will bow to pressure, and the pressure has economic implications. Yes. That if they kept silent and continued to hold on to their position, mm-hmm. their partners in the West would not send money to their conferences. Like they are doing to other places now. Right. They will not send money to their conferences. So in order to do that, keep silent or make Africa initially to look bad. And they yeah. say, I will not allow you to carry all activities in my area. For what? Yeah. You are just a bishop. Right. The bishop does not own the conference. The bishop is not even a member of the annual conference. According to our book of discipline. Yeah. So you can't stop me. And besides <laughs> that, we are having meetings all the time. Yeah. I mean. Can you stop meeting on a Zoom like this with you? Yeah. Nobody can stop it. Yeah. I can bring uh, 200, 300 leaders from across Africa. We have a Zoom meeting like this. Yeah. So nobody stops that and the work is going on. Yeah. Training going on on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So you can stop that. Yeah. So I think it is just to satisfy those progressive and liberal bishops yeah. who think that they can use their economic power and political power to legalize homosexuality and same-sex marriage yeah. in, uh, uh, across, the, uh, across the global church to make a case. But if they do that, I can promise you, the bishops cannot stop the church from, from disassociating with the United Methodist Church. The bishops cannot. They will become very unpopular. Any bishop who attempts to do that will become very unpopular in Africa because our, the Bible does not support it. Our political system does not support it. Our culture does not support it. Well, what about Bishop Wandabula um, commissioning and blessing that uh, Reconciling Ministries Church in Kenya? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Has he I'm, lost his standing? Some... Pardon? Has, uh, ha, you just said that any bishop yes. that adopts gay agenda is, is going to lose his right. standing. Has Bishop Wandabula, have, have people uh, put... He put... doesn't have any respect. Okay, that's what I wondered. Right, right now, he do- uh, 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 unfortunately, the UM UM Com mm. did not report what happened. Yeah, at the recent meeting, mm-hmm. at the recent meeting, and I can send you maybe some photos of that. At the recent meeting, when they when they arrived in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. there were lay people from the Methodist Church that carry placards and say, Bishop Wonderbula, you have betrayed the church in Africa. Mm. Yes, please accept mandatory. Uh, uh, please accept the mandatory retirement. Mm-hmm. There are some bishops in Africa who were due to retire 2020. All right, and and that that one of the strategies that they are using, but they did not retire because of COVID. Right. So 2020, 2022 has come, and the judicial council have passed a ruling mm-hmm. that uh, elections can take place. Mm-hmm. So the jurisdictions are having elections. Mm-hmm. And even the uh, Central Conference in the Philippines having elections. But the bishops in Africa said they will not have any elections. What right, right do they have yeah. to say you're not having elections? Isn't that strange? It is not a prerogative. Now, the Council of Bishops is not compelling them to do that. Mm-hmm. 2016, the Council of Bishops compelled the bishops right after General Conference to relinquish power mm-hmm. because they had three months to remain bishops and then by August, they had to relinquish power. Mm-hmm. We know of conferences in Africa that have interim bishops leading to elections. But here are bishops who have passed long since their mandatory retirement period, right. but they are still active bishops because they're serving in the interest of the liberals and progressive bishops in the West. Yeah. So as long as it's good for the Council of Bishops, it serves their interests. 
And I, I, I don't want to say that part of American politics, but I see that elements right in the council of bishops. As long as it serves their interest, the bishops here do not have any legitimacy of, mm. of serving as bishops. So mm. they are gradually losing their respect. Mm. And lots of, lots of the lay people are writing a lot of papers and telling them you don't deserve to be here and it could get worse. Mm. We don't want it to get worse. Right. It could get worse. Yeah. Lay people are writing and saying that you passed a military retirement visa, your, your leadership is very bad. Mm. And they think they can use the chieftains mentality and provide leadership. But you can't do that in the church. So you have some pastors here who are now quiet because they don't want to lose their job. Mm -hmm. Those who are outspoken, some of the bishops are taking them from the seminary where they were serving, have mm. taken them away from the parsonage. And there is just tension between them and their members. Mm. Now, who is causing this? The Council of Bishops. That is not allowing the Book of Discipline and the Constitution to be practiced because it serves their interests. Yeah. If we have election today in Africa, all the bishops will, uh, will leave and you will have evangelical leaders in their place. Okay. They know that. And they don't want that to happen. They wanted to keep managing and controlling things until 2024 in the hope that they can stop the protocol from passing. But they will be very surprised. I tell you, they'll be very surprised. So I still have a very strong conviction that if the proportional arrangement is done properly, given uh, the uh, the population of the African conference, uh, conference uh, conferences, we are now almost six to seven uh, million of the population. Right. If uh, the distribution is done properly, mm -hmm. I can tell you we have more votes. And all of the delegates from Africa are going to support the traditional position. Yeah. And we'll, we will defeat the progressive and the protocol will pass. Yeah. They know that. And they think they can work with the bishop to do what they attempted to do 2016 and 2019. 2019, some of the delegates did not join us, but they told us, don't worry, we are together. Mm -hmm. We don't want conflict with our bishops, but we are together. And we have meetings like this, like I'm having with you, yeah. that the bishops cannot stop. And so it teaches like this, that the bishops cannot stop. Right. So they, they, uh, they, uh, they're just wasting their time. What happened in 2016, we repeat itself. What happened in 2019, we repeat itself. So they are disappointment. Yeah. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to be prayerful I'm going to be uh, going to be an advocate for the church in Africa, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if it turns out that they manipulate the process, we're not going to continue to be with, uh, with the United Methodist Church because there'll be no United Methodist Church in heaven. Just like there'll be no Baptist in heaven, no Lutheran in heaven, only right. God's children. Right. I want to be one of God's children right. in heaven. And nobody here on earth will undermine my intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. By importing a cultural practice, a prevailing cultural practice as Christianity. That is no Christianity at all. Mm. That's, a, that's a very firm note to end on. Dr. Kula, I appreciate you very much. I appreciate your witness very much. Um, I'll follow up with you about um, how we can uh, circulate this so that people can uh, understand a little bit more about where you are coming from. And um, just thank you for spending your time to help uh, in enlighten and inform me and god bless your ministry brother thank you too brother god bless you we can pray together before we conclude would, would you be, be willing to would you be willing to pray yes all right thank be. you go ahead our father in heaven i want to thank you for brother jeff rickman i'm meeting him for the first time he doesn't know much about me i don't know much about him but lord one thing i know that we are brothers in jesus christ mm. And so, Lord, I present him to you and present to you the ministry that he carries out. More than that, Lord, I pray for the Global United Methodist Church. I pray for the church here in Africa. I pray, Lord, for our individual lives, for our families, and for all that you have planned and purposed to do for us. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Make us one in faith and in practice. And, Lord, let your will be done for the church for the future of the church, and for all that you have in store for us. Take our lives and let our lives be consecrated unto you and unto your service. I thank you, O God, and I give you all the glory for what you are doing now and what you will do in the future. Have your will, O God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. God bless you. I'll talk to you later. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.
so I just got done talking with Dr. Kula. That was so much fun. He's so uh, uh, animated, so clear. Um, so anyway, I hope you really enjoyed that. Um, I, I think the main takeaway I got was that uh, this this theory he presented that that the Africans actually, even though they seem to be at odds with one another and issuing statements against one another, and that is happening, he doesn't see where they disagree. Um, at the end, he seemed to indicate that that the bishops in Africa do not align with the people that that they have been compromised in some sense by uh, liberal Western dollars. Um, but even so. I think he used a lot of language throughout that's clear that even the bishops really are on the same page about um, the liberal theology being a no-go. So um, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digest this a bit more, but uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I hope I get to talk to him again. He just he gave me energy. It was for it was 1 o'clock for him. It was 9 a.m. or it was 8 o'clock. Well, I got here at 7 a.m. actually to get ready. So he just kind of got me up and, and ready for my day. Um, so anyway, I'm going to conduct a lot more interviews, um, and it, just to be on the front end, my theology very much aligns with Dr. Kula personally, so uh, I'm going to have to guard against adopting his position as more legitimate than other positions that I talk to. So I'm going to be talking with people that, that disagree with him and the Africa Initiative, and I'm going to do my best to, uh, to listen to them as well and, and let them um, correct any false understandings I have. So anyway, I'm going to cut this off for now. Thanks for joining me.